Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Barbara Pelletier. I'm a member of the volunteer preaching team. I'm married. I have a blended family of four girls, five grandchildren, and three son-in-laws, along with multiple pets. I've been a member here at River Heights Vineyard for about 13 years. I hope that all of you enjoyed your holidays and had a great time getting together with family and friends. I know that I did. Uh, we had a really nice Christmas celebration. We hosted this year, so it was a lot of fun to gather together. Uh, and the day after Christmas, my dad turned 99. So we had another birthday celebration. <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to face, but my dad is probably living out his last days or months, maybe years. His wife of 15 years just passed away right before this Christmas, so the end of life is kind of in my face right now. I did have a chance to talk with my dad the other day, and I mentioned that he's getting closer to his finish line, to the end of his life. And I think it's this part of his life that's the hardest for him. You know, his body and his mind are kind of letting him down, He's lonesome, and he doesn't understand what value he brings to the world. Day-to-day -day living is a struggle. You know, I realize you don't have to be 99 to experience some of the things that he's going through. I mean, stuff can happen to anyone at any age that can make life difficult. And sometimes those difficulties can just be overwhelming. Have you ever been there? Let's be honest. The devil tempts all of us to turn away from God and God's plan for our lives, even when you're 99. The devil even tried to get Jesus to turn away from God and forsake the plan God had for his life. Yet Jesus was steadfast. He was focused, he was determined, and he was faithful, even though it cost him his life. Being faithful to someone or to something means to remain loyal, dedicated. No matter what happens, you stick like glue. In 2 Timothy 4.7, Paul, at the end of his life, writes to Timothy and says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. We're all in this race of life while trying to live for Christ, which requires physical and mental and spiritual focus. So what can we do to help ourselves be successful in this race? Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says, And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. These verses tell us if we keep our eyes on Jesus and not our pain or our difficulties, we can run with endurance, which means we hang in there 
We deal with the difficulty and the pain. We don't give up. We don't quit because it's uncomfortable and painful. Maybe you're experiencing challenges right now and finding yourself tempted to turn away from running the race God has set before you. Well, if you are, you're not alone. This is not an unusual place to be. It is the devil's distinct purpose to encourage us to become unfaithful to God and points to our difficulties and our challenges as reasons for us to abandon our belief in God. Again, if you find yourself in this place right now, or if you've ever been in that place, be encouraged by the words the Apostle Paul also shared with the Philippians when he said, hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. Paul tells us to hold on to Jesus, who is the word of life. Everyone is going to finish their race. We're all going to cross that finish line. Whether you finish it remaining faithful to God is another issue. And at the end of your life, do you want to look back and know you fought the good fight to remain faithful to God? Do you want to know that your sacrifices, your effort, your steadfastness to remain faithful will count for much? As we stay faithful to live our lives according to God's principles, we partner with him to accomplish his plans and purposes. And we're a blessing to the world. And isn't that part of our mission here? When we stick like glue to Jesus while running our race, when we get to our finish line, we will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I know I want to hear that. I want to live my life, run my race, being faithful to God. But the truth is, I don't always do that. And I need some help to keep going, to endure. I mean, really, I can focus on the negative side of things. I can get myself all worked up. Problems can look insurmountable. And I can find myself feeling depressed and anxious and spend a lot of time worrying. I mean, I can feed myself thoughts that make me want to quit the race and instead just to be ugly and difficult and unloving and not trusting God. Have you ever felt this way? I'm saying something else. Thank you. 
Because we can all face times like this, it's important we learn how to encourage ourselves and each other to continue running our race of faithfulness. This is a critical skill to learn in order to finish our race having remained faithful to God. So I'm going to use verses from Isaiah 43 today, which are a part of our Bible study plan to help us develop this skill. We're just going to do a better job in our race if we know who we are to God, who he is for us, and who he is for our loved ones, and what he's like. Isaiah 43, verse 1 says, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Now, originally, these verses applied to the nation of Israel. Jacob was Abraham's grandson. And God changed Jacob's name to Israel. So all of Jacob's descendants are known as Israelites. And we're part of the nation of Israel because we've been grafted into this chosen group of people because of the work Jesus did on the cross for us. And when we accept Jesus as our Savior, we're grafted into Israel. In Galatians, it says, And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs, according to promise. So these verses we just read apply to us as well. So I want you to do something with me. We're going to do a little exercise. I want you to read the verses with me again out loud. But when we get to the name Jacob and the name Israel, I want you to insert your name instead. Got it? Okay, here we go. But now, O, listen to the Lord who created you. O, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid. For I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. The Lord is saying to you that he knows you. He knows every cell in your body. He knows every hair on your head, no matter how many you have. And he knows every pore in your skin. He knows every inch of you. He has his eye on you. He can pick you out of a crowd, and he has identified you by name, not by number. See, this is very important to me, to know who I am to God. Because there was a time in my life when I questioned whether God even knew I existed. I mean, I doubted he even knew I was alive. I was in my early 30s. And I was feeling pretty low and really unsure as to whether I was of any significance to God. And I was standing on a beach in Florida, and I was right next to the ocean's edge. And I looked out, 
and I cried. I said, can you see me? Do you even know I'm here? I felt very little compared to the ocean. I felt as tiny as a grain of sand, unidentifiable, just kind of lost in the masses. I mean, how could God ever notice me? And why would he? I had nothing of great value to offer the world. I had no measure of success in my life. I had abandoned the desire he'd put on my heart to work with kids who had Down syndrome. And I just made a lot of bad choices. And as a result, I was very lost. I was sure God was disappointed in me and therefore overlooked me and discarded me. I thought he rejected me. I can tell you that for me is the worst feeling in the world. Yet in my desperation, I still cried out in hopes that he would answer me. And then I would know that he knew me, that he loved me. He didn't answer me right away after that day on the beach. But eventually, he did lead me to his son, Jesus. And I'm happy to be here today to tell you, I know he loves me. I know he knows who I am. I have come such a long way from that day on the beach. I mean, I'm up here talking to you about him knowing me. That is awesome. And I know he wants to do the same for you. He wants to let you know that he knows you, that he sees you, that he loves you. And if for some reason you're feeling unknown by God or rejected by him, please let the truth of the scripture we just read penetrate your heart. He made you. He knows you. He has called you by name. He has picked you out of a crowd and he said, you are mine. You are mine. You are mine. You are mine. God has picked you. He has ransomed you. He bought you back from the enemy with his life. He has a place for you and wants you to be a part of his family. If you're hearing the Lord call out to you, you are mine, and you're ready to be his, let's just take a moment to pray. 
You can repeat after me if you like. Dear Lord, thank you so much that you know me, that you call me, that you want me to be yours. Lord, I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me, come into my heart, and be my Lord and my Savior. I want to belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you've just said that prayer, welcome. Welcome to the family of God. We're happy that you've joined us. And together we're going to run our race for God and encourage each other to be faithful to him no matter what comes. So I don't know about you, but when I became a Christian, I kind of wondered what life was going to be like. I can tell you, it didn't change a whole lot in some ways. I mean, I still experienced difficulties. I still experienced challenges. But the difference was that I knew that God was with me. I knew that I mattered to him. We're still going to encounter illness, relationship, and financial, work, and family issues. But God is there for us. The next few verses in Isaiah 43 speak to that very thing. It says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You are precious to me. You are honored, and I love you. Maybe you noticed it said when, not if, we go through difficulties and deep waters. And it said rivers of difficulty, not just a river. Difficult times are going to happen, but they're not an indication that God has abandoned you. Rather, they are an opportunity to see God with us. As the verse says, God will be with you. He will be there in the midst of our problems. His peace, his guidance, his strong hand and wisdom are always there for you and me. And it's those intangible qualities which are powerful and helpful to us running our race of faith. This is who he is for us. He holds our heads above the rising waters and keeps us safe from the pressure of our circumstances. No matter what rivers you might be in right now that are threatening your well-being, God wants you to know 
He is here for you. And he is with you. So keep running your race of faith, remaining faithful to God. I'm a mom. I'm a grandmother. I understand a parent's heart. I understand a grandparent's heart for their children, for their grandchildren. Maybe you're not a parent, but you've got loved ones in your life you care about, you care for. Well, the final verses we're going to read in Isaiah talk about those loved ones that we care for. Isaiah 43, 5-7 says, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from east and west. I will say to the north and the south, bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. Maybe you've been praying for your children or your grandchildren or a loved one who has strayed from the Lord and you've yet to see them come back to him and you're feeling discouraged. God's promise is that no matter where your loved one is on this earth, he is going to call them back to him. They are not lost forever. He sees them. He knows where they are. And he wants them to return. Keep praying for those loved ones. That is part of your race of faith. Keep reminding yourself that God sees them and he will call them from every corner of the earth. Psalm 29 says that the Lord's voice is powerful and majestic. It is with this awesome voice that he is going to call out to you and your loved ones. These truths, all these things we've talked about this morning are things we need to tell ourselves over and over again to develop the skill of encouraging ourselves and one another. So I've summarized them and put them in a list so to remind ourselves. God is powerful. God is with us. God chose us. We are his. God knows us. God sees us. God will help us in times of trouble. 
God gathers those who love him. God loves us. We are precious to him. Developing this skill of reminding ourselves of these truths will strengthen and encourage us to run our race well, to endure until the end, to stick like glue to God each and every day so that when things get tough, we remain faithful. And when we get to the end of our lives, like Paul, we can look back and know our lives mattered. We made a positive difference. We were a blessing to the world. And we will hear those beautiful words when we cross the finish line. Well done, good and faithful servant. If I could have the worship team come back up front, please. And if you're able, would you stand with me, please? So every week we have tips, a read, pray, and do. So my tips for you this week are to read Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 7, and Psalm 29. And then I'm going to ask you to pray. Pray for yourselves. Ask the Lord to encourage you to remain faithful to him all your days. And then do. Find a way to feed your faith. I'm suggesting that you memorize some verses from Isaiah 43, 1 through 7, or Psalm 29, Psalm 29 that you find encouraging. And then repeat them to yourself, like three times a week or maybe even daily. Could I please have people on the prayer team come up front? One of the things that we're strongly committed to here at River Heights Vineyard is uh, to pray for one another. It helps to encourage us to continue running our race of faith. If I get anybody here on the prayer team. Okay. We're just going to have a time of worship time of being blessed by the music that we're going to hear, the song that we're going to sing. And I'm going to ask you to just quietly lift your prayer concerns to the Lord. He sees you. He hears you. He knows you are here. He knows the concerns on your heart, and he is with you. I'll be right outside the double doors and would enjoy saying hello to you. Here we've got somebody coming up front for prayer. Thank you, Jeff. I pray that you all have a blessed day.